Welcome to Bridges for Mission. Bienvenidos y bienvenidas a Puentes de las Misiones. Welcome to Bridges for Mission, a new podcast focusing on short-term mission. The creative minds behind B4M are me, Minister Nicole Cox, Associate of Short-Term Missions, and me, Reverend Sandra Dorsonville, Director of Short-Term Mission at International Ministries. What is it like to serve overseas as God's ambassadors? How does the kingdom of God look around the globe? Why do we engage God's people in foreign lands? Through International Ministries Bridges for Mission podcast, we bring the answers to these and other mission-related questions directly to you, our listeners. Join us as we interview a diverse group of servants working in a variety of capacities around the world. We gather in a concerted effort to make the kingdom of God known on earth as it is in heaven. We'll explore the rapidly changing world of short-term mission and how being incarnational manifests itself in very unique ways. We will hear firsthand testimonies of individuals who have taken a leap of faith to serve internationally. And we will also hear from some who are still undecided. We trust that you'll soon discover how God equips all of us for the task we are called to, recognizing that we don't do this discernment process alone. We remain encouraged when interruptions and plans become God moments to create beautiful bridges for ministry. How often have we ourselves been speechless in the face of the Holy Spirit movement? We hope that this new B4M podcast will invite you into seeing possibilities of being the hands and feet of Christ. We live in hope and love which neither can be silenced nor ignored. Welcome to Bridges for Mission. We're glad you have found us. Welcome to B4M Bridges for Missions podcast. This is a new platform for the short-term mission team at International Ministries to reach you who are on fire for missions and you who might be curious about what God is doing globally. We are so delighted that you stopped by. My name is Reverend Sandra Dorsonville. And mine is Minister Nicole Cox. And this is B4M. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing two leaders at International Ministries. We have Reverend Sharon Coe, the Executive Director, CEO, and we have Reverend Jim Bell, Associate Executive Director for Global Mission at International Ministries. It is the international arm of American Baptist Churches USA. And it is truly a delight to have um, our two leaders uh, with us today. Well, welcome. Reverend Sharon Coe, it's so good to have you this afternoon or this morning for some listeners um, with us and sharing your perspective about short-term mission. I'm sure some listeners would love to hear more about the journey of 
um, that you've had before joining IM as mission pastor. Can you share a little bit with us? Oh, sure, sure. Thank you, Reverend Sandra. I um, uh, care a lot about short-term mission. I've seen short-term mission make a lot of difference in lives, um, both uh, those who are going and those who are receiving um, and all those involved. Um, it can be a very positive experience. Um, uh, prior to, to my life at International Ministries, um, I was a mission pastor in Los Angeles where over the course of um, 11 years, I um, led many mission trips to various places um, out of our church. And uh, it, it, it was kind of a, a work in progress, I think, with every trip that took place. Um, uh, I learned something else that I was able to implement for the next trip, and uh, it got kind of the program got better and better as time went on. Um, but I, I know that uh, probably the best thing short-term mission has to offer is the experience and the exposure that the volunteers who go out um, get to have. Um, but with that said, the experience of of training and orientation and preparation ahead of time uh, can really um, make a difference in a person's spiritual development and a person's spiritual formation, understanding why they're going, uh, what they're doing when they're there, um, and uh, kind of the continuum of care that's going on, um, that there are uh, longer or long-term career missionaries that are already there and that the uh, short-term uh, missionaries are contributing to an ongoing work, not just kind of a, a two-week flash in the pan. So um, I enjoyed our trips, and I think my church enjoyed our trips, but a, a big piece of that was um, understanding that what the team was doing was also affecting the life of the church community, um, mm -hmm. and listening to the stories, and reading the blog, and seeing the pictures. It was kind of a trip that the entire church got to take together, even though um, a group of only maybe six to 10 people were the ones who were um, actually on the airplanes and out on the trips. So um, we, we did uh, several of those per year um, over those, over those years that I was um, at the church. Oh, exciting. I'm really thrilled. I mean, you speak to my heart as far as also the debriefing and the reporting that our teams um, often have to do. And, and we often say with STM at short term mission, team that um, the work really starts when the, the team comes back. Um, so, and I'm sure you've heard the, the, the controversy, let's see, that it, historically we've heard about short-term mission and long-term mission, and some people really saying that there's no place for short-term missions. Um, mm. It's a waste of time, and um, people should not even be focusing on that. Um, and it really, you know, it's almost a, a shot in a lot of our hearts for many of mm. us and um so it it is good to hear you speak of the importance of having the church behind the sending church behind those teams um can you expand a little bit more that controversy that we hear um oh sure yeah um well i, I can think of two real life examples that that would help illustrate um the answer to to your question um my first year as a mission pastor, uh, one of the first things I did um, was go out to visit all of our um, church-supported missionaries. And there was a young man uh, living in a slum, 
in Cambodia uh, out of choice. He, he wanted to live um, literally just like and among those that he was seeking to serve. So um, right outside his front door, there was a lot of garbage floating on water. Um, his house was built over water and, um, and it, it, it didn't necessarily smell good um, in his neighborhood. But he was completely committed to incarnational ministry. That's ministry that uh, reflects Christ's incarnation mm-hmm. um, when he um, walked among us as flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. And um, it meant a lot to him. So uh, we went out, uh, I went out to visit and um, he immediately, um, for health reasons, um, stated up front that he really didn't think it would be safe um, for me to live um, near him or, or with his friends in the community. Mm-hmm. So he had me at, a, at kind of a, a, a nearby-ish uh, local hotel. And that was more because he didn't want to have to host a very sick mission pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got to go to his his village every day. And um, on the first day, I remember uh, riding over. And on the way there, we had to cross some um, railroad tracks and right by the tracks there were a bunch of um, houses that had been put together with um, you know those uh, aluminum mm-hmm. aluminum covers yeah. and just yeah. really basic houses and he said you know uh, last week some some NGO showed up here with a bunch of trucks and they were you know four-wheel drive jeeps with people hanging out of them with cameras and they were they were literally throwing candy at the children here, yeah. um, and and he just said he was he was just so offended uh, mm-hmm. for his neighbors, but just the understanding of his understanding of what he was trying to do with his long term commitment to his community and and wanting to bring good and build there and and do things with and for his neighbors versus um, driving by in a jeep throwing candy mm-hmm. at little kids, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that that stood out in my mind that for some. For some, that is short-term mission, and, and I'm offended to say it, and I'm offended uh, to think it, um, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the worst possible example of, of taking a long trip, and um, some have joked about poorism, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of looking around at the poor and, and, and literally chucking things at them that you think they need. Yeah. Um, and... Um, in contrast to, to how my friend and my colleague um, was choosing to live. Um, a year or two later, our, our trip, our church chose to send a team of um, eight, I think it was, um, to visit one of our IM missionaries um, and in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And uh, we knew uh, that a large part of the reason for the trip was just the actual visit to get to know our missionary. Um, we, we also thought that since we're going to send a group to visit, um, let's get some good work done that could only be done um, by kind of bringing an extra group of hands and extra set of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up um, painting a chapel um, in Kikongo um, mm-hmm. at the Pastoral Institute at the time. And uh, now it's Unibach, but at the time this was their chapel in one of their major classrooms, um, and our, our group painted it. Uh, one of the um, criticisms of the trip that quickly rose um, in, in my church uh, was, you know, don't they have anybody in the Congo that can paint? I mean, did you really need to spend however much it costs mm-hmm. to send a bunch of Americans from Los Angeles um, mm-hmm. to Kinshasa and then out to Kikongo? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the answer is yes, absolutely. We could probably hire somebody 
who would paint the chapel and possibly do a better job. Mm -hmm. um, but the answer to that was, uh, for me, happened on one of the days when um, our group was, they worked hard, uh, but it was incredibly hot. <laughs> and the guys were, um, you know, trying to strip the paint out in the sun, you know, like leaned up against the wall, trying to paint the cross correctly. And um, a couple of the villagers walked by and, and one of them just commented, you know, it's, it's this kind of work that when you see other people do, you realize that you're here and you're not alone and mm. it's incredibly encouraging. Yes. Um, and so um, we have hired somebody else to paint the church probably, um, but would we have been able to say with the same strength of conviction that you're not alone, um, an entire church stands behind us and wants to say we love you and we support what you're doing um, and, and what you're doing here in the school. Um, it, it's, it, it couldn't have been any more clearly said incarnationally than showing up in person um, mm -hmm. to, to paint that. And, and that ended up being um, actually just number two in a long sequence of different uh, short-term trips. Um, and so that trip had a smaller project, but we had some other um, teams that did some much larger projects, solar panel projects and other things like that. Um, kind of, we, we always waited to hear what was needed uh, from our colleagues, from the missionaries, from our friends, and then, and then we would try to bring the team that would match um, in terms of skills and resources um, that, that was uh, requested. Yeah, thank you. I know Minister um, Nicole has a question uh, for you as well. I do, thank you, uh, Reverend Sandra. So my, my question for you, Reverend Co, is because you've had all this experience with short-term missions and with different churches and different organizations and, um, and things of that nature, what are some of the strengths um, that you think that the short-term mission um, team or department at International Ministries has that is different from other sending organizations? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think it has several great things going for it. Uh, it has, a, a first, um, a, a real commitment to um, orientation, preparation, and then after the trip, debrief um, mm -hmm. for all the teams that are sponsored by our short-term mission department. So um, where others will just allow the trip to happen. I mean, as long as you can book an air ticket, you can go. Mm -hmm. um, our, our group insists on um, preparation steps that I think really set the context of why people are serving and how people are serving. Mm -hmm. um, when I talk to our global servants, they say they can always tell the difference between a team that has been uh, well-prepared versus one that just showed up. Um, just not only in the attitude, um, and in the humility and in the service, uh, but just in the ability to, to be flexible and to cope with what they're, they're facing. So uh, that's one major one. Um, the other really big advantage um, or, or strength that um, Short Term Mission has at IM is the ongoing investment in long-term partnerships. So um, International Ministries works with international partners uh, many of whom we've been in decades, if not centuries long partnerships with. And uh, each global servant that goes is often one of many that have gone in a long sequence. And then similarly, each short-term mission volunteer or team that goes and serves alongside them 
um, is investing in a ongoing long-term deep relationship. So every, every, every additional investment is a, is a deeper and deeper investment into a um, long-term type of thing where, um, whereas I, I guess the opposite would be kind of um, short flash in the pan, random, probably useful, but good projects that don't build on each other, mm -hmm. but our, ours tend to build on each other. Yeah. Um, oh, you might be different people, but oh yeah, you're from that same group. So they must still be invested in us. Um, yeah, a real strength in that. Now we turn to um, Reverend Bell. Thank you again for joining us, Reverend Bell, to this new podcast that we have. We know that there are places where short-term mission has played a significant role in establishing or at times even renewing partner relationships. Can you speak of that and elaborate a little bit about that for our listeners? Uh, sure, I can do that. And thank you for this opportunity, uh, Reverend Sandra. As uh, Reverend Co mentioned, uh, partnership is one of the key values for international ministries. So we always work in partnership with uh, an expression of the body of Christ in whatever country we're um, working with, whether it's our long-term global servants or short-term missionaries, they get connected with what God is doing in that part of the world um, through a local church or body of churches or convention uh, or so forth. And short-term mission can be very significant because there are some places in the world that uh, do not allow us to send long-term global servants to be working, but we can send people on a short-term basis. And I can think of two countries in particular in Southeast Asia that we have no residential uh, missionaries. We have no global servants living and serving in those countries long-term, but we've had some significant experiences of sending well-qualified, deeply committed, um, capable volunteers for short periods of time, a week or two weeks, some even more extended, who've been able to do theological education work, economic development, um, some kinds of ministry that have been of great assistance and help and support to our partner organizations. Um, things that we have no way of accomplishing in those places except for sending short-term missionaries. And so sometimes um, STM or short-term mission is viewed as kind of uh, the light version of missionary service. But in some places of the world, this is really uh, a very significant way of doing high quality, meaningful work in relationship with our partners. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Reverend Bell, you've been connected to International Ministries for several years now. So over your time here, how have you seen the short-term mission grow at International Ministries? Well, Nicole, that's a great question. And, and actually, my involvement with short-term mission at International Ministries goes back even before my time on the staff of International Ministries. Um, back in the 1980s, I was a youth pastor in an American Baptist church in Southwest Ohio, and that's really the beginning of my connection with IM, International Ministries, and Short-Term Mission. Uh, we, I think it was in 1989, um, planned a 
mission trip with our uh, youth, our student ministry, and our church was deeply involved supporting IM missionaries, and it only made sense for me to call International Ministries and connect there. And so I made the phone call, and um, I can remember the a person answered the phone. I explained who I was, what church I was from, what we wanted to do, and going on a short-term mission trip. And they said, oh, we don't do that kind of thing. And I was surprised. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up doing that kind of thing, but it wasn't through international ministries, sadly, mm -hmm. in 1989. Now, in fairness, I'm not sure who answered that phone. And it may have been um, someone at a reception desk in the lobby of the building we were located in and not an actual IM staff person at that point. But um, what I've seen over the years since 1989 is that short-term mission or what we used to call volunteers in global mission has become a very significant part of the ministry of international ministries. And to the point where now we send and support hundreds of short-term workers every year who come alongside our long-term global servants and or our partners and are engaged in some very significant ministry. And that ministry benefits the, the partners. It provides assistance to the global servants or our long-term missionaries. And it also um, blesses and enhances the discipleship of the participants. That through their participation, they gain a vision of what God is doing in the world and that they can be a part of it. And uh, from having been a youth pastor and a pastor who's led short-term teams from my church, I've seen the impact on the home front of people come back, coming back with a greater vision how God might be able to use them even in their own communities out of the short-term mission experience they had cross-culturally. Thank you. It, it's wonderful to hear how the addition of the short-term mission has enriched international ministries as a whole, so thank you. So this last question we have um, is for both of you, for Reverend Coe and Reverend Bell. Um, so what encouragement and or guidance would you give to someone wishing to serve cross-culturally? I would say do it. <laughs> if they were, if they were uh, uh, wishing to serve cross-culturally, um, I think uh, wanting to get their feet wet, uh, I would reach out and um, find someone um, who can help build that bridge. Our short-term mission um, colleagues like both of you um, would be glad to help. And um, it, do it doesn't have to be sh short. I mean, short can be two weeks, but short can also be two months. Um, but if somebody wanted to serve cross-culturally, I would say try it. Um, and uh, pray a whole lot, gather your community around you, and, and see where God leads. I think um, there's much to be learned. Um, in cross-cultural settings. And, you know, just as uh, Sharon said, she would say, do it. I would say, do it well. And by that, I especially mean prepare. Um, when you do a short-term mission experience, it's not something that's kind of a, a glorified vacation. I'd encourage anyone who's participating to really see it as responding to a call from God and something that's worthy of our best preparation and involvement. Um, when I was a, a youth pastor, 
when we did these mission trips, we integrated them into the overall discipling that we were seeking to do with our students. And so it was a high commitment kind of activity that involved weeks of, of Bible study and some cross-cultural preparation, as well as just the logistical getting ready for the trip. And um, I can remember being told on, on one of the trips we went on, there were uh, a number of different groups from different churches participating. And uh, the missionaries we worked with remarked at the difference that preparation made in the, the students who were there. And I know that International Ministries short-term mission program has developed some great resources and um, services for short-term teams and individuals to prepare and prepare well. And I would really encourage anyone considering going to take full advantage of those resources and the people like Reverend Sandra and Minister Nicole who are here to help you prepare to do short-term mission and do it really well. Thank you, Reverend Bell, for mentioning how important it is, the preparation that needs to be done for all teams who are wanting to serve alongside global servants and missionaries on the field. The short-term mission office is actually, um, has just finished uh, a team leader's guide entitled Short-Term Mission Team Essentials Together on the Journey. And it was a collaboration with Reverend Dr. Anne Borkwitz, who is a global consultant based in New Zealand. And the guide has a plethora of resources for our leaders to use and, and um, go deeper into the preparation that needs to be done for the volunteers and the teams um, that they will be leading. It helps address cross-cultural preparation. It helps address the the re-entry into, um, into their settings, and it gives them that flexibility and creativity of um, utilization of the resources that we provide. The book itself is about 62 pages long and is available on bookbaby.com. The title again is Short-Term Mission Team Essentials Together on the Journey. Thank you for joining us. Um, listeners, we had the wonderful pleasure of hearing from Reverend Sharon Coe and Reverend Jim Bell on the B4M podcast. <laughs>